0: I've been talking with you about being all in, completely committed to Christ, to understand this is what Jesus calls us to be, that we're all in. Last week we talked about the cause of the cause of the kingdom and the fact that we face this great white throne judgment where every one of us will someday stand before God and it is a, a pass fail moment. Your name's either written in the book of life or it's not written in the book of life. No matter what you've done, who you've been, you've either accepted Christ as your Lord, Jesus as your Savior, or you're lost for eternity. Either you've been born again or you haven't. We don't seek what we deserve because if we get what we deserve, we, get, we deserve eternal separation from God. We seek God's grace and we seek His mercy. God not, did not react to us out of what we deserve. He at, reacted to us out of his love for us. For God so loved the world. I'm so grateful he didn't say, for God so loved some of the world. I'm so grateful he didn't say God, that God didn't, doesn't say in that passage, I selected a few and I love them. And the rest of you are just out of luck. I am grateful that in this verse it says, for God so loved the world, and that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but shall have everlasting life. That that door is open for every one of us. But today I want to I call you today to do a heart check. I want to I ask you to look inside your heart and ask yourself, have you really been transformed as, you, as your belief in Jesus? Moved to the point of a transformation in Jesus? Has God really been invited into your life not just for the hope of fire insurance, but for, the, but, but for the realization that we need transformation, we need changed? Have you really come to Him repenting and understanding that we've fallen far short of His grace and His mercy and His glory, and we need that grace to be given to us freely? And we need to be changed by him. And where we check our heart in that is a very simple place. Do you love people? What is your heart towards others? How do you feel about other people? Now, if you love people, I want, you to, I want to challenge you today. If you love people... Here's my qu- another, the second question in this is, do they know it? Do the people that you love know that you love them? So I'm going to give you a couple of assignments today to take out of here with you that I, I hope you'll take seriously and I hope you'll follow through on. Here's the first one. Let somebody know every day this week, that you love them. Every day. Find somebody, think of somebody, maybe look at, you know, write down a list right now of people that you think, I need to make sure they know. They know that I love them. You know what? I never get tired of my children telling me they love me. Do you? Never get tired of my spouse saying that to me. And yours won't get tired of you saying that to them. So I want to challenge you to say it. To do something. To get creative. To send a card. To buy a flower. To do something every day this week. And you, you you can choose seven people. Or maybe you just choose one. And say I'm going to tell her or him every day. I'm going to do it every day. To get creative every day. But let them know. See I. Don't sit on your love. Do something about your love. Now, here's the other part of this challenge. If someone lives far away, had you write some names down? I want to challenge you. They live far away. You hardly ever get to see them. Maybe you talk to them once a week or once a month. Call them today. In fact, I'll give you permission right now to get your phone out and text them right now. Say, I'm sitting in church. I'm thinking about you. I want you to know I love you right now. Go ahead. If you want to do that, go ahead and do it. I guarantee you that will bless them wherever they're at. But we need to get good at this. This is something that the Christian should be good at. We should be good at letting people know that we love them. Amen? All right, so here's the deal. If you're sitting next to your spouse or child right now, this should be easy. This should be simple. This shouldn't be embarrassing. Look at them right now and tell them you love them. You're sitting next to them. Go ahead, tell them right now. Now, that should be easy, shouldn't it? You should be able to look them right in the eye. You shouldn't be going... "Uh." I love. <laughs> That's not what we're going for here. It's not what we're going for here. If it's not easy, work on it. Get it easy. Make it so it's simple. I guarantee it's not going to grow old. Make it simple so you can, maybe you're sitting next to a stranger today and this is a little, little, little awkward. Or maybe you came today and, and you're alone. Uh, here's what I want to tell you. You're sitting there going, man, everybody's telling me everybody I love. Nobody's here telling me. I... Here's what I'm telling you. God loves you. God knows your name. He so loved you, he sent his only son to die for you. He so loves you that he built a church. He calls believers together to place... Us in a family, his family. And we're supposed to be his family. I want you to know I love you. I want you to know there's many, many people in this church who want the very best for you. You can choose to be alone, or you can sign up and begin to get involved and begin to meet people and discover that they love you. You may be in a home situation that is full of abuse or full of neglect. You can come into a new home situation that won't be. You can come into God's kingdom, into God's family, and you can find people who will love you. See, love is one of the places where we check our hearts and we look inside of our spirits to see if we have truly been transformed by Jesus if God has really done a work in us and if we're truly all in. When we love others, our actions change. We become transformed by it. God loves us so much that even though we deserve condemnation, he sent his son to save us. He acted upon this. Love cares about us and love drives us To respond. When I was dating my wife, I found myself with a growing love for her. I wanted to be with her. The fact that she lived 25 minutes from town, that'd drive 25 minutes out there to pick her up, and if we're gonna do anything, drive 25 minutes back, and then when the night was over, take take 25 minutes to drive her home, and then drive by myself home for 25 minutes. You know what? That wasn't perfect, but it never stopped me from seeing her. Is that right? The fact that she went to school 320 miles away wasn't easy, but it didn't stop me from talking to her. The fact that other boys were coming around was not appreciated. Didn't stop me from pursuing her. The fact that whenever I was around her, it cost me money did not deter me. <laughs> See, it, I, I, don't, I don't get some of the things today. I, I'll admit to you, it's cultural stuff. I don't, but it just never crossed my mind that she should help pay for things. If, I went to a mo- if we went to a movie, I, I figured I was paying. If we went to some event, I figured I was paying. If we went to dinner... I was paying, and I was fine with that. I was okay with all that. I remember times we'd go, we'd be driving through town, and I'd want to stop at McDonald's, and I just wanted maybe a Coke and some fries. I'd look at her and say, sweetheart, do you want anything? Really, anything, whatever you want. Sometimes she'd say she wanted something, and sometimes she'd say, no, I'm fine. And I'd say, really? Really? I don't mind, I'll get you some fries. (laughs) I'll buy you a Coke. And he says, sometimes she'd say, well, I'm okay, not right now. And so I would get my Coke and my fries, and we'd be driving down the road. (laughs) I'd be eating my fries, and she'd be, you know, she'd sit right next to me, right up next to me back in those days. And she'd sit right there beside me, and she'd be holding my fries and fries. In the bag in her lap, and and I would notice her pretty little hand reaching down into my fries. (laughs) And I would say to her, what you doing? (laughs) She'd say, getting a few fries, and I'd say, do you want some fries? She'd she'd say, well, just a few, and I'd say, I can turn around and go get you some fries. Really, I don't mind. I'll I'll be happy to buy you some fries. Just say, no, I don't need that. Then I would say, no, you don't understand. (laughs) I'm happy to buy you as many fries as you want, but those fries are my fries. Ladies, you got to understand this, guys, a little bit here. (laughs) It doesn't matter how full that bag is. If you take a handful out, a small handful out, at the end of that bag, we feel like we're missing something. We just don't get satisfied the whole way. Let the man buy you some fries. But see, I was willing to do that. That's a change of heart because I, I didn't have any other people that I knew I liked that I was willing to buy them fries for. They're on their own. But for her, I loved her. I would be happy to buy her some fries. Love. Changes us, transforms us, makes us act. Here's the check. Do I see others through the eyes of love or the eyes of condemnation? You know, look at people who dress different than me, like different music than I do different ages, different interests? Do I see through the eyes of love? Or do I see through the eyes of condemnation? When I see people living in a lifestyle far from God, do I see through the eyes of love? Or do I see through the eyes of condemnation? See, God made it really clear. I, I didn't come into this world to condemn the world then send my son to condemn the world i sent him so that you could be saved through him and he leaves us as a church not to walk around condemning the world but to save the world to reach out in love to those around him to, to those around us see it's easy to see some through the eyes of love But listen to the all in standard that Jesus sets for us. In Luke chapter 6, he says this But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Do you know anybody who hates you? Do you know anybody who you just seem to be an annoyance to them? you know anybody who seems to take out their frustrations on you? Wow, here's a standard that's tough. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Jesus is setting up a world-changing point of view for believers, something that will radically begin to bring healing into a broken world if the church will get it. He says, love even your enemies. Jesus calls us to see people, all people, through the eyes of love. He reminds us that sinners do that for those who love them, but that the Christian standard, the Christ follower standard, the person whose heart has been changed standard is higher than that. Love is wanting the best for others, but Jesus drives us past the desire to the action for all people. The Christian standard, as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. Here's the question. If you didn't know Christ, what would you want others to do for you? If you were alone on a holiday, what would you want somebody to do for you? If you were left out, how would you want somebody to treat you? If you were hungry or thirsty, what would you want someone to do for you? If, if others were unkind to you, what would you want others to do for you? This, this standard makes it very simple. You see someone, you have to ask yourself, if I was them, what would I have others do, do for me? Now I understand, I, I want to be clear. I understand that there are deep issues and, not, and, and many are not solved by simple things. But there has to be this underlying feeling inside of our heart of what we want to do for others. A number of years ago, a uh, young couple that I know, they were out. they just gotten married they, they, a few weeks before. They were out on a date after they were married, and they were downtown. And they run into a, a homeless man downtown, and their heart went out to him. They wanted to help him. He was kind of cold. And uh, so they decided to uh, put him up in a hotel overnight. Nice gesture. Kind hearted, wanting to help. So they put him uh, in, in the Abraham Lincoln Hotel that night, took him in. The manager said, You shouldn't do this. And he said, they said, Oh, yeah, we, we want to do. We want to we give him a place safe at night. And uh, they said, You know, the, can, can you shut the mini bar down? And they said, No, we can't shut the mini bar down in the room. And he said, uh, So they looked at the man and they said, You promise you won't eat anything out of the mini bar? When they got the bill, he'd eaten $300 worth of stuff out of the mini bar. Now now here's the point. They were within a couple of blocks of some shelters that could have taken care of the man for the night. They could have helped. They could have been a little wiser in how they helped and done something to really help. But the point is, is our desire isn't one of condemnation. But our desire is, God, what would you really have us to do? Some answers are simple. Be kind. Be patient. When you're standing in the line at the store and there's 22 people in front of you and the cashier's moving like a snail <laughs> and the person in front of you doesn't even take time to get their wallet out of their pocket before it's time to pay and they get it out and they start... Be patient. Be patient. Buy a meal for somebody who needs a meal. Give a meal to somebody who's hurting. Give to missions. Invite someone to church. Spend some time listening. Be kind to the person everybody else isn't kind to. Go out of your way to make somebody's life better. Do something in life to say, I love this world. I love people. I see past all of the stuff of this world and what I see when I see people is the creation of God. No matter how much they've messed it up, no matter how much they've blown it, no matter what's happened to them, no matter what's taken place in them, there's a prince or princess in there that God wants to set free. There's a kingdom liver in there that God wants to bring about. There's a world changer in there that God wants to bring to the surface. There's somebody in the middle of all that that God loves so much that he sent his son to die for them. I can be kind to them. 1 Corinthians says love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. See, it's not about us. It's not rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. Now, I want you to really underline this one. I think about this one. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing. Can I tell you one of the things that breaks my heart sometimes when I read Facebook posts? I'll see someone post something that is obviously some decision they've made that is so clearly contrary to Scripture. So clearly contrary to what Scripture teaches how to live, what to do. Just a a bad decision that's going to cause heartache. God, listen, Friends, God doesn't give us rules to tie us up. He gives us r- rules so we'll be free. His rules are, his world, his are free. They keep us from pain. They keep us from suffering. They keep us from heartache. They keep us from bro- brokenness when we walk in them. And occasionally I'll see somebody and they'll write something on there about some decision they've made that is obviously Contrary to what scripture and how God would tell us to live. And, and, and that's heartbreaking enough on its own. But then you go into the comments and you begin to see Christians going, oh, good for you. I'm rejoicing with you. I'm so happy for you. Oh, I, we're so, this is so great. It's so good, good. And you're sitting there going, Wait. You're rejoicing with evil. You're rejoicing with what's going to bring destruction in their life. Listen. Love tells the truth. Love speaks the truth. Love cares enough to say, brother, time out. Sister, time out. Let's think about this for a moment. Let's consider the outcome of what you're doing here. Where this puts you with God and where this puts you in life. Those are tough conversations. But those are the conversations that Show us whether we love or not. Love rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Are you all in? If you are, people are valuable. Every person is a son or daughter of God. Think how you would feel, grandparents, if you saw somebody... Being unkind, impatient with your grandchild. Would that go over very well? How about with your children, moms and dads? Does that go over very well? With your date, how do you think God feels when He sees us doing those things to others? We're all his children. He loves every one of us. He loved us so much he sent his son to die for us. And he calls us to be all in. This is how the world has changed. God's people acting in love. You, me, the church, acting in love. Individually, as a family, as a body of believers, looking at the world and asking ourselves a very simple question. If I was in their shoes, if I was where they're at, What would I want those who know what I know? What would I want those who have what I have to do for them? What would I want to have happen? Then let me get involved. Let let me me close today with this. A new restaurant comes to town. Uh, My my family makes fun of me because if I like it, I will go there like every day for months. And, and then I stop for a while. And then, I'll, kinda, then you know, I'll go for months and not go there. And then I'll kind of fit into my regular rotation of restaurants after that. The church isn't supposed to be a restaurant. The church is supposed to be a commitment. It's supposed to be a body of belief. It's supposed to be a family. You know, when we moved out here... Uh, there are people who, for years, I've had this conversation with a bunch of people over the last. There's people who, for years, drove 25 minutes to church who are now driving eight minutes to church. And they're like, this is great. Then there are other people who drove eight minutes to church who are now driving 20 minutes to church. And they're like, well, wow, that's a long way out there, Pastor. A few, a few men have said to me, a few guys have said to me, man, it takes me a lot longer to get to church. I, I always, always tell them the same thing. If your girlfriend lived across town, was it a big deal? And most of them have looked at me and said, gotcha, pastor, and just walked away. <laughs> Folks, we live in Springfield, Illinois. It, it doesn't take us all day to get across town. You can get just about any place in 15 minutes in Springfield, Illinois. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Love is a key sign to the world of who we are. God says he does something before the world and shows something to the world through the way we choose to love each other. Jesus in John chapter 17 John quotes the prayer of Jesus, and he says this, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. He's praying for the disciples. And he starts and says, I, I'm not just praying for them. I'm praying for those who will believe in me through their word. Guess what, friends? That's you and me. We believe in Jesus because the disciples took the message and began to spread it through the world and it comes right to us today. He says, he's praying for them. That they may be one just as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory you have given to me I have given to them that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me that they may become perfectly one. Now listen to this so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. It says here's how the world's gonna see. The world's going to see that as believers come together from every kind of racial background, from every kind of social background, from every kind of economic background, from every kind of background that you can see that would normally separate us, divide us, send us to our corners, that at the, at the foot of the cross, all those people come together. And instead of all those things dividing us, we become one in Jesus Christ. That's what sends a message to a lost world. But hear me, friend. The world needs to see it, and we need to act that way. There's one passage in Scripture that says, even to this point, it tells us that if you got offended, tell tells us how to deal if we get offended, what to do with it. But it says at some point in time, there's a point that it says, just take it and forget about it. Isn't the testimony of the kingdom more important than that? Just go on. Love overlooks wrongs. It goes on. Because the testimony of things is great. But I I want to tell you, this, this isn't just me thinking, oh, I love the church. I've got to act that way. It isn't just me saying it. I've got to live that way. It's not just me. Listen, I want you to think about this. If, if I just told my wife, uh, listen, uh, before we married, listen, sweetheart, uh, I, I really want to build something with you, but, uh, you know, the driveway out there, that's a long way. <sighs> and these other guys come around, you know, you just go, whatever, whatever. I'm not going to. You no, know, at some point in time, I've got to say, listen, I want you to tell those guys to stop coming around. Make up your mind, are we in this thing together, aren't we? At some point in time, you've got to make some decisions. At some point in time, you've got to take some action. And I want to challenge you to see the people God's put in your world, where you work, where you live, and ask yourself, what am I going to do about it? What am I going to do about it? And I want to challenge you today, right here in our fellowship. We're supposed to love each other, care for each other, help each other, bless each other. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Now, one of the ways we help ourselves do do things about it is, is we don't just sit here on Sunday morning, but we get in small groups where we can talk about the word, where we can pray for each other's needs, and where p- when people have an issue, we can minister to each other, help each other. That's one of the ways that you can step up and begin to do something about it. Right now, I just, before we go, I just want every C2 group leader, if you're a small group leader in our church right now, you lead a small group, just stand up wherever you are, real quick. I'm gonna, just stand up, I'm not going to make you do anything weird. Okay, so, so look around. There's all kinds of small group leaders in here. Pick one of them out, pick two of them out. And go talk to them today. If you're not in a small group, go say, hey, tell me about your group. Now, we're gonna help you find one. Say, well, I can't come on Sunday. So we have ones that meet on Fridays. We have ones that meet different nights. We have There'll be a whole other group of people here in the next service that'll stand up. So you can just sit there and say, I I, I look at all these people, and I don't feel like God's leading me to any one of them. Okay, take a card, write your name on it, put C2 group on it. We've got a whole other group of people that are doing this too. But at some point in time, I want to challenge you to get involved. Okay, don't sit down because we're going to have everybody stand up right now. All right, everybody stand up. I am so glad I have a faith that doesn't tell me, listen, if people don't serve me, kill them. Aren't you? And We're dealing with this today, aren't we? I'm glad that we have a faith that says, even if they don't serve me, love them. Maybe. Maybe that love will conquer everything. Now, it's up to us to be all in for it. I'm going to ask our prayer teams to come down the front right now. Father, in Jesus' name, as these prayer teams come, I just pray, Lord, that you would do a healing work in our hearts. Lord, I know. I know some of us have been wounded and attacked by others. Some of us had things happen in our lives. The Lord, I pray you'd just begin to heal us. I pray that even now you'd begin to speak to us about people we should tell them that we love them this week. And I pray, Father, that you'd speak to us about people that we need to show love to every day. And I pray, Father, that you'd help us as a church to grow in love for each other. Lord, my hope and my prayer is... Is, is I hope people enjoy what happens on Sunday morning. I, I pray it helps them worship you. I pray what we do here on Sunday morning helps them grow in you. But Father, I, 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 my, my deepest prayer is that our commitment wouldn't be to what happens on Sunday morning. Our commitment would be each other. Loving you, growing in you with each other. And so, Father, I pray for those who haven't taken those steps to get connected, that they would see the many pathways we have to help them get connected. And they would step out, take a step of faith, and say, I need to connect with some others. Lord, we invite them to do that. Pray you challenge us to do that. In Jesus' name. We're going to sing a chorus. And like we do almost every Sunday morning, we're going to open the because We believe prayer changes things. And if you have an issue going on in your life, anything at all, come on down and let somebody pray for you. But especially today, if you're not sure that if you stood before God today, that you would go to heaven. If you're not sure that the work of Christ has been done in your life, I want to challenge you today as others come to be prayed for for many other things. You step out and come as well. Walk down and just look at them and say, you know what? Before I leave here today, I want to be sure I'm going to heaven. I want to be positive. I am born again. You step out with others as they come and let somebody pray with you. And after we sing this chorus, just a time or so, uh, Dan will dismiss you. God bless you today. I love you. God loves you. Let's show that to the world. Amen? Amen.